Welcome, friends, to the English with Stories podcast. This is your host, Amir. Uh, today, with chapter three of my first book, which is now available on Amazon as an ebook, uh, as a Kindle ebook, and as paperback. In love with foreign languages, a man's story trying to learn the languages he loves. Okay, so this is chapter number three. What not to do when learning a foreign language. So if you want to be successful at something, if you want to do things right and develop amazing skills in a certain area of expertise, in our case, languages, then it would make all the sense in the world to look at someone who's been very successful, who's at the top of their game, who has acquired a set of skills that make him or her a master, an expert in this area. That's the, uh, that person would make an ideal mentor or personal coach, right? If you're expecting that from me, you couldn't be more mistaken. I'm in fact going to teach you the opposite. In this chapter, I'm going to tell you what not to do when trying to learn a foreign language. And then all you have to do is the complete opposite of that. Does that, uh, does that sound simple enough? Does that make any sense at all? Let's get started. Number one, don't be afraid to make mistakes and participate in class. Even with all the language apps, online courses, private tutoring options, and, and, and all of these new ways of learning foreign languages, I would venture to say, I could be wrong in this, and I would gladly accept the correction, that most people still sign up for conventional, traditional, in-person, group language classes. If that is the case for you, then perhaps that class might also be your only chance to speak with others. So why in the world would you not participate? Why in the world would you stay quiet? I know, I know, there's that terrible fear, that dread of making a mistake and becoming the object of laughter and ridicule of the entire class. But in the end, who cares if you make a mistake now and then? Are you going to let that stop you? Laugh about your own mistakes. Let me see. Uh, where was I? <laughs> yes, uh, laugh about your own mistakes. Notice them and do better next time. Uh, you have to be prepared to be wrong. That's completely fine. Be okay with that. But have a go at it. Don't hide in the corner. Uh, the road to success is paved by our failures. And I would even argue that allowing you, that allowing yourself to make mistakes is one of the very purposes of an in-person group class anyway. And you don't, you, you don't know everything. You're there to learn and to make as many mistakes as you need. Uh, that's what the teacher is there for to guide you, to encourage you, to correct you, to show you the right way. I must admit, for honesty's sake, that I was one of those students who was afraid to speak. 
afraid to give an opinion, afraid to ask questions, afraid to admit that in fact I hadn't understood. And you know what? That slowed me down and prevented me from making the progress I so desperately wanted to make. I wonder how much faster I would have learned and how much more I would have enjoyed the process had I just been okay with making mistakes. When it comes to language learning, being a perfectionist will set you back. It will do you a lot more harm than good. So embrace your mistakes. Every one of them is a stepping stone towards good and effective communication. I'm going to share a link to a TED talk I, I showed in one of my English classes uh, that I think is very appropriate for this section. And the title is Do Schools uh, Kill Creativity? A great talk by Sir Ken Robinson. And you'll have the link in the show notes, of course. Number two, don't run away from opportunities to have real conversations outside the classroom. They do happen. Many were the times where I had the chance to put, uh, to put to practice a language I was learning outside the classroom with a native or a very proficient speaker, and in 99% of those cases, I ran away. I turned the other way and never looked back. Why? Why did I let fear take hold of me? With all of the languages I have tried to learn, I have had the chance to have a casual chit-chat with a stranger or with an acquaintance, and I have thrown away most of those opportunities. I was once spending the day in a beautiful natural attraction here in Nicaragua, a Pollo Lagoon, breathtaking land, uh, landscape, fresh, still, and clear waters, perfect for swimming and spending the day with your family. I was hiking along one trail, and I ran into a tourist, we heard a monkey who was swinging from tree to tree above us, and we stayed a couple of minutes watching it. We exchanged greetings, we spoke in English, and she said she was uh, from Germany. I could have said something in German, practiced a little bit, uh, but no. What do you think I did? I stayed in my comfort zone, of course. When I was learning Japanese, uh, it was the practice of that school to invite a teacher from Japan to come and teach one of the courses. Every two years, a new teacher would arrive. One of the last teachers I had the opportunity to meet was married to a German man. He was completely fluent in Japanese too, and he also spoke French. He was a lovely person, a very friendly guy. One of those people who every time you meet them uh, treat you like they've known you for ages. Like you're one of their best friends. Wonderful person indeed. And what a unique opportunity. What were the chances to meet someone who spoke the three languages I also spoke? I could have practiced my German, my Japanese and even my French with him. One time I ran into him and his wife at the mall. I saw them first but I, I realized... Uh, they hadn't seen me. So what do you think I did? Yeah, you got that right. I ran. <laughs> I wasted opportunity because I just, I just wouldn't take the chance of taking the initiative to start a conversation. Two years went by and I had many other chances to converse with this friendly German guy. But I never seized them. Uh, what a pity. 
If I were to tell you every time I had the opportunity to practice a foreign language I was learning but didn't, I'm pretty sure I could fill at least half a book. But I don't think those uh, but I think those two examples will suffice to state my case. Take the initiative, be bold, start the conversation you're dying to have. You're not going to get turned down. The other person will most likely be thrilled because you're trying Uh, to talk to them in their native language. Wouldn't you be? Number three, don't be a mute outside the classroom. Speak, speak, speak. If you're only practicing your speaking in the context of the classroom, then you're doing way too little. You need to speak more, far more, or else you'll find your tongue tied up in knots when a real opportunity to speak arises. And how, how do you get more speaking practice, especially when you don't have a speaking partner, when you have no one else to talk to, when you have no friends who speak that language and your relatives don't uh, either, and when, it's imp and when it's being impossible to find a tandem partner online? What do you do in that case? Well, the answer is quite simple. You have to start talking to yourself. Come on. <laughs> Don't you talk to yourself already in your native language? Of course you do, and all of the time, I bet. So it's time to spice things up a bit by giving that a try in your target language. You could also sing along to your favorite songs out loud, get the lyrics from the web and give it a try. Or you could read short stories or short articles or passages from a book um, or act out a scene or two from one of your favorite series or movies. Use your imagination. Number four, don't be too proud to ask for help. There is the possibility that when you're learning in a group, there will be one or two people who are better than you, far better. They seem to understand more, they memorize words faster, they speak more fluently, Is It just seems so much easier for them than it is for you. Well, instead of basking in a downward spiral of envy, uh, you should approach them. Befriend, befriend the best students in your class and ask them what their secret is. Uh, what is their approach to learning? How do they practice? How come they speak so fluently? They'll be glad to help you. I can assure you that. I wish I had done that. Uh, when I was learning Japanese, there was a classmate uh, who was on a whole other level. She understood virtually everything the teacher said, had a vast vocabulary and such a command of the language that allowed her to express herself so naturally. Every time she spoke, she sounded like a native. Uh, we were a very small anti-group, so we became friends. Thanks to that Japanese course, we got to experience and share uh, so much together. But I never asked her about that, about the things she was doing to speak so fluently and to understand so much. What a shame that was because I could have learned a lot from her. But I was too proud to ask or too ashamed, I don't know. I actually asked her that many years after graduating from that Japanese language program. Her answer was very simple, straightforward, and logical. But I was so boxed in, so set in my ways, so, this, so determined 
to do it on my own and, and not get any help, that I didn't allow myself to try things differently at that time. Uh, if things are not working, if you feel like you're stuck and are, and are not making much progress, why not try a different method, another way? You actually can listen to the conversation I had with my friend and former classmate because it so happens it is one of the episodes of my podcast, one of the early ones, the third episode actually. It is called, How and Why Did You Learn English, Chiara? I'm sure you'll find that conversation very interesting because uh, we talked not only about how she learned English, but also how she managed to learn uh, two other foreign languages and the particular challenges she faced and the motivation she had for learning each one of those languages. And the link will be included in the show notes, of course. Number five, don't pretend you got it when in fact you didn't get it at all. This is one of the most common practices when you want to avoid feeling embarrassed. The teacher said something or asked something absolutely everyone understood except you. You're the only one who didn't get it. What do you usually do? Admit that or stay quiet and after the class secretly ask the person sitting next to you to explain you what the teacher actually meant. Chances are you're not the only one who didn't get it. Maybe three, four, five, or even half the classroom didn't get it. But because they, they all have the same level of apprehension uh, you do to ask, uh, to, to ask something for clarification out loud, they also avoid asking the teacher. You must kill the perfectionist in you and allow yourself to admit that perhaps you do need a second or a third explanation to really understand the subject at hand. There's no shame of it. There's no shame in it. Plus, everyone will benefit from your question. Number six, A plus B does not equal C. When I was teaching English, I was often asked the following questions by students. Phrased in various ways, the essence of the question was... Uh, teacher, when I finish all of the levels in this course, will I be, I, I will be fluent and completely bilingual in English, right? My answer was always the same. That depends entirely on you. You can achieve the level of fluency and proficiency you long for halfway through this course. Or you could drop out of the course, learn by, by yourself and achieve the same goals in an even shorter time period. How fast or how slow you learn depends mostly on you, not on the teacher, not on the school you go to, not on the particular method you use. I must admit that when I was the student, and this happened with all of the languages I learned, I too always used to make the same assumption. Okay, I finish all of the levels and then I will be 100% fluent in this language. And I'll be able to understand everything and, and say anything I want and everything will be great and I'll be able to speak with native speakers without any hassles. A plus B equals C. Simple enough, right? Well, I couldn't have been more wrong. My assumption couldn't have been further from the truth. And the truth is that a language course is just a sample. 
If you want to think of it in terms of percentages, it gives you about 20% of the exposure and practice you need. It is up to you to get the other 80%. And because of this mistaken assumption, I was always so disappointed because I would go through all of the levels of a program, get good grades, receive a diploma, and when it came and when it came time to put my skills to practice in the real world, it always became absolutely crystal clear to me that there was so much more I needed to learn. So if you're currently enrolled in a course, uh, my question for you would be, and what else are you going to do to achieve your goals? Number seven, don't do boring stuff. If the method you're using or the content you're consuming is dreadfully boring or unappealing to you, then change it up. Dismiss all the boring stuff and concentrate on what you are really interested in. You need to have fun and lots of it. If you're not having fun, then it's going to be so much harder to learn, if not impossible. In the long run, it is far more beneficial for you to watch a TV show or a movie that you really enjoy than than to go through all of the pages and the exercises of a bland and dry grammar book. And this is coming from a grammar geek who has finally seen the light. I was one of those students who wanted to, to, who wanted to learn as much grammar as possible, learn all the rules, memorize them to perfection, and then I would be ready to start speaking. I don't need to tell you that that way of, of thinking does not work. Again, kill the perfectionist in you, uh, that guy who is sabotaging your every move and start speaking from day one. You won't be able to sustain it anyways. If it's too boring, then you'll lose interest and become frustrated. And who can learn all the grammar beforehand and go through all the exercises in a book anyway? I have yet to meet such a person Consume only what you truly enjoy, only what you find interesting. That is the golden rule of language learning. I'm not saying grammar is not important. On the contrary, it is vital. Uh, one has to communicate properly and effectively. But it cannot all be grammar rules and exercises. Number eight, don't start from scratch every time. Shit happens all the time. Problems are part of a normal life. So sometimes you have to stop your learning. You are just forced to because something urgent uh, has come up and you need to take care of it. Times, uh, time goes by, things normalize a bit, and then you remember that you wanted to learn this or that language. I was the person who wanted to start from scratch from the very beginning, every time I resume the learning of a language. And that is just not the smartest thing you can do. I mean, you're willingly setting yourself back, even when, even when you already have some previous knowledge. It is important to notice that you haven't really completely forgotten what you learned. The knowledge is there. It's just dormant. All you need to do is refresh it. 
bring it bring it back to the surface. So why not take a placement test or pick up right where you left off rather than pretending you're an absolute beginner? That is a far more efficient way of doing things. Number nine, don't collect language courses you're never going to use. The first language I decided to learn by myself was German. I decided to do that after several attempts at learning in a traditional course. Time after time, after time, something came up, either the group was closed because of lack of students or the teacher went away and a replacement replacement couldn't be found or I had conflicts with my schedule. I just got tired of it and decided to give it a try by myself. Why not? I found some great great free resources online. I'll talk about those in a later chapter. But I also found some really interesting paid options. Audio courses, audiobooks, short story collections, uh, grammar books, an endless sea of material. I I must have spent months downloading a lot of that material, videos, audios, PDF files, all sorts of books, podcasts, audiobooks. I had like 50 gigabytes of data or more. And and then there was the task of organizing all of that information. After that, I sampled what I had amassed, listened to an audio file from this course, checked out a grammar book from another course and then a video. I ended up completely overwhelmed and realized that I wasn't a computer. I wasn't a robot. I couldn't possibly go through all of the information I had downloaded. It was nuts. It was insane to think that I could and I didn't have and I didn't have to in the first place either. Not all of those courses I downloaded were right for me or interesting. I ended up deleting everything, everything, even the stuff I had paid for. I didn't pay a lot, fortunately, except the free audio course, which is the only one I completed uh, from beginning to end. You're not a computer, you're not a machine, you're not Neo, you're not able to upload to your brain the knowledge of the world. Uh, That's kind of sad because that would be really cool. (laughs) Yes, uh, yet that is not our condition. We must accept our human limitations and trust the process. Pick one course or method or app or book, but just one. Give it a try and trust the process. Okay, that was the end of chapter three. Uh, I hope you are excited about uh, my first book. And uh, again, you can get it on Amazon as an ebook, as 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 a Kindle ebook, and as a paperback. Okay. Uh, well, uh, I wish you a very good rest of your day, and see you on the next episode. Bye.